not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, thank you for your word today. Thank you that it's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you, Father, that your word can direct us when we don't know where to go. And I pray that your word will shine the light in the lives of your people so, Father, they can not only know what you have for them, but they will experience it in their lives. And so I pray that every person will be comforted by your word, encouraged by your word, and changed by your word. As I step back, I thank you for the Holy Spirit that's already here to minister life to everyone here and even those who are listening via podcast. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. And if you believe that prayer, say amen. Amen, amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Today I'm going to share a shotgun message with you. Look at your neighbor and say, get ready to get shot. A shotgun message is one that was not planned, nor was I prepared ahead of time to share. I was really going to share on something else, but I believe this is going to be a prophetic message that the Lord wants for our church and for you to hear. Everybody say prophetic message. And so the message title is, It's Time to Change Levels. Just look at the person next to you and tell them it's time to change levels. And if you have your Bibles, I want you to find Numbers 13. We're going to start in verse 1. And then we're going to turn over to Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 7. That was Numbers 13, verses 1. And then Deuteronomy chapter 2, verses 7. And then eventually we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians 3.18 if you want to write that down. Many times as believers, we want next level blessings based on today's level. We want next level blessings, but we want them at the current level that we are on. And in order to get the next level blessings... We have to move up to the next level. And in Numbers chapter 13, to me, this is an awesome story about going to the next level. And so I only have two points for you today. And the first point is, in order to go to the next level or change levels, you have to change your view of you. In order to change levels... You have to change your view of you. 
In Numbers 13, in verse 1, it says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I have, which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers shall you send a man, every one a ruler among them. Now, I'm going to jump down to verse 25. Numbers 13, 25. And they return from, the, from searching the land. Now, let me just give you an overview. He sent some spies out to look at the land that God had already given them. In other words, it's, it wasn't something God was going to give them. It was something God had already given them. And he wanted them to see what he had blessed them with. So they sent some spies out. So in verse 25 it says, And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told them and said, We came to the land where you sent us. And surely, say surely, surely it flows with milk and honey. Now when you read milk and honey in the Bible, it represents plentiness or prosperity. So basically they went into this land and they saw it was a land of plenty. It was a land of opportunity. It was a land at the next level. And it, it goes on to say in verse 28, Nevertheless, the people are strong in that land. And the cities are walled and very great. Say very great. The walls are, the cities are walled and are very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Enoch there. Verse 29. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Ammonites, they dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. Now, what they're doing is painting a negative picture of something God had already given them. In other words, they couldn't see themselves with what God had promised them. And if you don't know, one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. So these, this report was given among all the people. And then all of a sudden, in verse 30, it says, And Caleb stilled the people before Moses. And he said, let us go up at once and possess it, for we are able to overcome it. It's amazing how one person can see opportunity and another person can see defeat. Sometimes God will put something in front of us and it's our view of ourselves that will determine how we see what God wants us to have. And if it's too big for us to accomplish in our natural selves, then the tendency is to shrink back and say, oh, God doesn't want me to have that. 
And so Caleb stilled the people. But then in verse 31 it says, But the men that went with him said, We're not able to go up against those people, for they are stronger than we. Now, you would have thought they went to the land and went to every man to see their muscle size. I mean, they said they were stronger. How would they know that these people were stronger? Here is why. It's because they saw themselves weaker. Watch this now. I'm going somewhere. It says, it says the land the, which we go on to search it, it is a land that eats up the inhabitants. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw giants, the son of Anak, which come of the giants. And we, watch this now, were in our own sight as what? Grasshoppers. And so we were in their sight. In other words, we normally think people are thinking about us what we think about us. When in reality, it's our self-perception that we think people are thinking about us. And they thought that these people were stronger only because they saw themselves as weaker. It is our view of self that determines our level view. Let me say it like this. It is our self view that determines our level view. I'm going to say that again. It is our self view. Say self view. It is our self view that determines our level view. We can see that in this story. These people, because they had a low self-view of themselves, they saw that what was before them was impossible. And, and, and this happens to us every day. And that's why most believers do, they, they feel disqualified for God's blessing. Most people have a negative self-view and that's why, watch this, opportunities pass right by them. This is why you can have the skill set, you can have the experience, you can have the resume, you can have uh, the, the education, you can have everything it takes to get this job promotion and not get it. And it's not because you don't have the natural criteria, it's because of the view of you. And the sad thing is, however you view you is how you think others view you. Amen. This just happened to me recently. I had lunch with Pastor Robert Morris from Gateway Church. And uh, I had two dreams about him. And the first dream, I was... Uh, my wife and I wanted to sow a seed into his life. We wanted to, you know, give him an offering. And so we set it up and we called his office and they told us where to go. This is in a dream now. They told us where to go. And so on the way there, uh, I asked my wife because she made the arrangements. I said, babe, where are we going? She said, well, it looks like uh, it's at his house. I said, we're not supposed to be going to his house. 
did they tell us to go to his house? She was like, well, yeah. I said, I don't know about that, babe. I don't know. And so I'm feeling uneasy in the dream. My wife, she's fine. She's ready to go. So we get to his house, and there were several other people there. And Pastor Robert comes out in his pajamas and robe, which really made me uneasy because I'm like, look, see, he was not expecting us. Here it is. Uh, we done came to early in the morning, and he's going to be like, why are y'all here at my house? He comes out of his room, and he greets us like everything's fine. Hey, Evan, how you doing? Everything good? I mean, he's fine, but inside I'm going, we shouldn't be at his house. We got here too early. I don't know what we're doing. And I'm embarrassed to be there. And here he is in his pajamas. And he comes up to me. He stands next to me. And he's about nine feet tall in the dream. Now, I'm taller than him in the natural. But in the dream, he's nine feet tall. And I had to look up to him to to talk to him. And I said, Pastor Robert, I I didn't realize you were this tall. (laughs) And then I woke up from the dream. Now, the only thing I got from the dream, I knew it was a dream from God, but the only thing I got from the dream was him being tall represented me looking up to him. Okay, he's a mentor of mine, he's a spiritual father of mine, and and so I knew that part. But the other part I, I really didn't get. And so then I had another dream about six months later. This time, uh, I was at a gateway conference. And we're at the, I'm at this conference, I was by myself for some reason, and I needed to use the restroom. And I needed to use it bad. How many of you know what I'm talking about? You know, you don't want to talk to nobody, speak to nobody, you got to go, you know. And, and, and so somebody from his staff recognized me and said, hey, Evan, how's it going? I said, I'm good. I said, where's the restroom? They said, hey, come on, just, just use uh, Pastor Robert's restroom. And inside I was going, man, I can't use his restroom. That's his restroom. How you going to ask me, let me use his bathroom? He don't want me to use his bathroom. And, but I had to use it so bad, I had to use it. <laughs> so I went in the restroom, I used it. And you know how when the door is locked and somebody's trying to get in, the, the handle shakes? I'm on my way out and the handle shakes. I'm like, oh, God. I open the door and there it is, Pastor Robert. Here it is, I'm in his restroom and he is needing to use it. And I'm feeling bad. I'm like, oh, my God. I knew I shouldn't have used this restroom. I knew I should have went somewhere else. To, and, and he looked at me and said, hey, Evan, how's it going? You enjoying the conference? I'm like, yeah, he's fine. I'm the one with the issues. So at lunch, I shared this dream with him. And, and now, now, this is reality now, okay? In reality, I had lunch with him last week, I think it was. And because I didn't understand the dream, I gave him the dream. Everybody say, you got to change your view of you. And when I was telling him the dream, when I got through, he said, Evan, here's what the dream means. How you feel in that dream is how you really feel. He said, and here's what I was thinking while you were telling me the dream. I was thinking... Well, why couldn't he come over to my house? He's a son. I don't have a problem with him coming over my house. Why couldn't he use my restroom? My restroom is his restroom. Anytime he needs to use it, he can use it. 
He says, Eben, that's how you feel. And I said, Pastor Robert, it's not because you made me feel that way. I had to go through and figure out why, watch this now, I saw myself below the standard he saw me. Now it goes even further. We're ending the lunch and he wanted to refer me to someone on his staff. So he decides to give me their cell phone number. And so he says, Evan, give me your cell phone number so I can text you uh, this staff member's number. And immediately, I was like, well, if he gives me his number, I'm going to have it. And he might not want me to have his cell phone. Y'all see me having problems here? He, he may not want me to have his cell phone number. So, so what I said, I said, why, why don't you just give me the guy's number and I'll write it down? He said, no, no, I want to text it to you so you can have my number. I said, well, can I save it? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding you. This is what I said. I, can I save it? And he says, yes. He, he says, and I don't do a lot of texting, and I don't either. So I say, well, that's fine. He says, but anytime you're at the church, at the conference, whatever, and you want to come back there with the family, see the kids, grandkids, and just hang out with me and, the, and Debbie, he says, uh, just text me, and I'll get somebody to come and take you in the back. I said, I would, I w- I would never do that. <laughs> he said, didn't we just have a conversation over here about that? I'm sharing the story To let you see, he saw me at a level I didn't see myself. As a matter of fact, he said to me, and then I'm going to jump. Are y'all getting something from what I'm saying? Because if you don't see yourself right, you won't reach levels God wants you to reach. And so uh, what was interesting about the whole thing is, you know, I got home and was thinking about it, and, and then I was thinking, you know, I'm like that towards all of the people that I esteem in my life. Okay, let's take my pastor, Bishop Ivy Hilliard. The first time I met him, he gave me his cell phone number, which I know he does not give everybody his cell phone number. And he, he told me, call me if you need me. Well, I saw him three times later. And every time he said, you haven't called me. And I said, well, I haven't needed to. But see, inside, I was like, I'm not going to call you. (laughs) Because I'm having a problem with me. He saw something that I didn't see. So here it was. Because I I have to, you have to trace roots. Because if you don't trace roots, you will keep producing bad fruit. Here it is, God's trying to promote you, but you're still wanting to stay in the background. He's trying to raise you up, but you are fearful of all the criticism of people and co-workers. And you don't want to be their boss because you don't know what they will say about you and how they feel. No, no, no. My my pastor gave me his cell phone number. And when I would want to talk to him, I would call his office, talk to his secretary, have his secretary to call him, and then he, they set up a time, and then he called me at his convenience. And I'm like, he gave me his phone number when he wanted me to call him. Yeah, yeah, right. And that's the problem 
with most, go to Deuteronomy 2. Go to Deuteronomy 2. Our self-view determines our level view. Pastor Robert went on to say this. He says, Evan, I want you to realize this, that I'm not on a different level than you. He said, there is not a level when it comes to ministry. It's assignments. And he saw the assignment of our church and the assignment on my life way higher. Because I've been trying to figure out why I'm connected to all these big people that I've been trying to just shun. When I'd see them, I, I just, you know, I didn't want to waste their time and, and shake their hand. I just, you know, I see them come this way, I go this way, you know. And God has put you, the Bible says, a man's gift will make room for him and bring him before great men. He said, it's not a level, it's an assignment. Deuteronomy chapter 2, look in verse 1. Deuteronomy 2, 1. It says, then we turned back and set out toward the desert along the route of the Red Sea as the Lord had directed me. For a long time, say a long time. See, you've been at the level you own too long. You've been making the, the amount of money you've been making too long. He says, for a long time, we made our way around the hill country of Seir. Then the Lord said to me, you have made your way around this country hill long enough. He said, listen, you've been circling this mountain too many times. You've been at this level too long. It's time to move. You've been thinking this way too long. It's time to move up a level. Amen. Now, in Deuteronomy 2, look in verse 7. Watch what it says. The Lord your God has blessed you in all the works of your hand. He has watched over your journey through this vast desert. Because, see, I'm about to show you why some people want to stay at the level they're at. He says, he said, you've w- walked through the wilderness these 40 years. The Lord has been with you, and you have not lacked anything. And that's why some people don't move levels, because they're comfortable at the level they're at. Take this home as a take-home thought. Comfort is the enemy to potential. Comfort is the enemy to potential. In other words, most people don't change levels because they are comfortable where they are. But if you're going to do things that your hands couldn't have done, if you're going to do things that people will wonder how in the world did that happen? If you're going to live a life of faith where all things are possible to the person that believes, if you're going to live that kind of life, you got to leave the level you're on. Amen. You say, well, pastor, what is the level? You're going to have to change your prayer level. Your prayer level has gotten you where you are. Will it take you where you want to go? Your giving level has gotten you where you are. But let me, let me ask you this. Is it going to take you where you want to go? The way you think. It's okay for where you are. But my question is, how you are thinking, will it take you where you want to go? Because if it won't take you where you want to go, it's time to change levels. 
So here's my second point as I get ready to close. My second point is this. If you're going to change levels, you got to get God's view of you. If you're going to change levels, you got to get God's view of you. What God sees is what we really should believe. What God sees is really what we should believe. Go to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. And we're going to look in verse 9. Colossians 2, 9. I have reached a point where I, I, I'm all in. In other words, whatever God wants me to do, I've made a decision I'm going to do it. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what kind of labor and intense work that I have to do to get there. But there's no use of me being in this thing half-hearted. In other words, if I'm going to... Look, the Bible says that when Jesus came, he said, greater works will you do. Okay, but I won't do the greater works if I don't position myself to do them. In Colossians 2, look at verse 9, it says, For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Verse 10, I love this verse. And you, look at your neighbor and say you. And you and I, we are complete in him. When you are in Jesus Christ, there is nothing you don't have to do what God wants you to do. In other words, you have been fully equipped. You know, I, I think of football, even though the Dallas Cowboys lost. No, they didn't lose. They got slammed. What would it be like if... DeMarco Murray were to go on the field, that's a running back if you didn't know, go on the field with no equipment on, no shoulder pads, no thigh pads, no cleats. He just run out there. He get out there with some Converse on and a T-shirt. He's not complete. He won't finish the, he won't even be able to play in the game because he's not fully armored with what he needs to play. And listen, your sins, past, present, or future, cannot keep you, watch this, from being equipped. The, equip, the equipment came with Christ. When you said yes to him, everything you needed to live a life of godliness was put inside of you now you may not see it but God does and it says here in Colossians we are complete in him which is the head of all principalities and powers and and, and watch this the re reason why most of us don't feel complete is because we're going by how we feel go to Ephesians 1 go to Ephesians 1 as we wrap it up Ephesians, woo, Ephesians 1 Ephesians chapter 1 look at verse 3 this is one of my favorite verses Ephesians 1, verses 3. It said, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with how much? 
all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. When you got in Christ, you got all the spiritual blessings that you need. Now, the question is, are you going to use them or access them? It's not God's fault if we don't use what he gave us. It's not God's fault if we choose to walk in fear instead of faith. It's not God's fault that, that what he has equipped us with, we don't use. It says in verse 4, according as it, he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Watch this. He has predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace. Watch this. Wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. And most people can't accept themselves even though God has accepted them. You know, God knew you would struggle with what you're struggling with. He knew that. But he still put a call on your life. He, he knew the mistakes you would make. But he knew those mistakes wouldn't overtake you because he still has an assignment on your life. But what we do, we don't think like God. See, God's grace covers a multitude of sin. There is not a mistake, there is not a sin, there is not an error, there is not a problem that you have ever done that can escape the grace of God. And if you really understood what grace was, grace would free you to be you. Watch this. See, God sees us. Now, this is a shocker right here. I want you to get this. God actually sees us like he sees Jesus. In John 1, think about this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who walked this earth sinless, who died for our sins, God the Father who sent him sees us like Jesus. He doesn't see us any different than how he sees Jesus. Now see, most of us are going, but I don't act like Jesus. Whether you act like him or not, doesn't stop how God sees you. Watch this, John 1, 1, as we close this. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was nothing made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came to be a witness and to bear light or witness of the light that all men through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was the true light which lights every man that comes into the world. Verse 10. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. This is Jesus now. He came to his own, and his own received him not. But look, look at the next word. What's the next word? But, in contrast to what was said, but as many as received him, to them he gave the power to become sons of God. 
Jesus is not the only son of God. You are a son of God. I am a son of God. In other words, when Jesus died, he made all of us sons of God. And God is not going to treat a son any different than another son. How he would treat Jesus is how he treats us. How he sees Jesus is how he sees us. You say, well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, 1 John 3, 2 says this. Beloved, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Watch this. For we shall see him as he is. We're sons, not slaves. And in order to go to the next level, you got to leave the level you're on. Had David stayed a shepherd boy, he'd have never been a king. Had Peter stayed a fisherman, he'd have never walked on water. Had Jesus stayed up in the heavens, we would not be who we are today. And there is somebody that your life can affect and will affect. But they're waiting on you to reach the next level. So what's the thing? What's the key to the next level? Here's the key. Your perception. Remember Elijah and Elijah? The one was the older one and the one was the young one. And and Elijah said, uh, I want your anointing. He said, look, if you will see me when I leave, you'll get a double portion of what I have. When you look up the word see, it means to perceive properly. In other words, when we perceive properly who God says we are, then we reach levels we wouldn't have reached. See, you got to get rid of that stinking thinking. You got to get rid of that, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. You can't be both. No, you can't be a sinner (laughs) saved by grace. No, no, no. No, no. You were a sinner, but you can't be one now. Because when he he takes you out of darkness and puts you in the light, you're no longer a sinner. You might be a saint that sins, but you're not a sinner. It's a mindset change. And I had to, watch this now, I'm just being transparent. I had to accept the fact that God has a bigger call on my life and on this church than I was willing to accept. See, here's why. Because to whom much is given, much is required. I have a cousin who refuses to move up into management in his company because he don't want the responsibility and the flack that comes with the promotion. In other words, he'd rather stay walking around in the wilderness. Because, see, their shoes didn't wear out in the wilderness, y'all. God fed them with manna. He led them in the night with fire and by day with the cloud. Their needs were met, and, and they got comfortable. My question is, what's keeping you from the next level? Is it your prayer life? Is it your attitude? Is it just spending more time in God's word? Is is that keeping you from 
the next level? Is it, is it someone else's attitude? I'm not sure what it is, but I'm asking the Holy Spirit right now to reveal to you what's keeping you from the next level. Every head bowed, every eye closed. You may be here this morning. Here's my question. What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? What's keeping you from moving up to the next level? Here's what I'm hearing right now. Lack of discipline. I'm hearing laziness. I'm hearing slothfulness. I'm hearing excuses. I'm hearing uh, procrastination. That's what's keeping you from the next level. Holy Spirit, you are real in this place. And I ask that you will touch every heart and help each person see where you're trying to bring them up. But we're, we're for some reason, we're, we're just dragging our feet. It's like me in that dream. Other people see more in you than you do. And Father, I pray that you will infuse how you see us in us in such a way that when we leave this place, we will leave with, with a boldness and a confidence that if God is for us, who can be against us? And I declare over Word of Truth Family Church, there is an assignment on this church. And there is an assignment on your life. God is going to raise you up to do things that you have never done. He's going to raise you up to do things your family has never done. He's going to raise you up to create things. He's going to raise you up in ways that you could never phantom. And Father, I thank you for your word coming to pass in our lives doing things that only you could do. And I pray it in Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, maybe there are some of you in the room who've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and your Savior.